Welcome, Sports Ethos Knicks Podcast with Andre Sean Gallagher. The season has unofficially begun with the preseason. No more looking back at last year, guesstimating what is going to happen. Now it's happening. Now we get to look at it, sink our teeth into it. As far as the Knicks are concerned, blowout victory over Detroit. You know you can't get too high, you can't get too low, you know the game. Hopefully. But if they were blown out, it would be the house would be on fire. So it's good for the organization, it's good for the fan base, it's good for the players to to get a win under their belt with some new players, some new blood on the team. Namely, Jalen Brunson who played to me, played exceptionally well because you have to come in as a new signing. You have to come in with no hesitation, with confidence, playing your game. You have to make your mark. You can't come in here pussyfooting and understand. Listen, there's a lot of these acquisitions that come in. They come in pussyfoot. Fournier did it. Kemba did it. You can't let the game come to you and all that nonsense. You got to come and bring the game that got you here. You got to do that. Now, it's a preseason but it's the first game, a lot of controversy, a lot of conversation, debate about Jalen getting that deal. He's the teacher's pet, the organization, all the ties and nepotism to the organization. He had to come out and he had to establish himself in front of his teammates and in front of the, and, and in front of the fans. And he did that. The, the, the offense looked good with him on the floor. They played with pace. We'll see how long that lasts. But he played his game. He was aggressive. He shot the ball. He was open. He was. He made made um, the defense account for him. He got people involved. He created shots. Got in the middle of the paint. You know, you saw a lot of what he did in Dallas, scoring in the paint a couple times, one v one. He had an excellent start to the season. A lot of a lot of acquisitions. I'm telling you to come in. To New York and they're nervous and he wasn't and that's a good sign that means the heat of New York is is likely not to I mean it's a preseason it's one game but the heat of New York is likely not to get to a guy who if you're looking at him you say okay his father played here he grew up in the Nick locker room he, he, he spent a lot of time in the area he, he spent a lot of time with the coaching staff spent a lot of time with the front office, Leon Rose, you know, he should be comfortable, but you want to see him be comfortable on the floor. And he came in and he showed that. And for the Nick team, they looked crisp when he was on the floor. The whole starting unit looked crisp. They came in with the right kind of energy. They were handsy defensively. They, they, made their cuts in their moves. They they ran the offense with intention, no meandering around. You know, you know, they ran to their screens. They cut hard. They drove hard. Uh Jalen had a play, I think they they highlighted it during the game, where it's sort of a dribble handoff and he turned the corner corner super hard. You know, a lot of guys, they go 75% speed on that and they don't get penetration. Brunson went super hard and got to the rim, got a layup. And that's not something the Nick fans have seen from this team is is a guard who's going to drive by their guy clean and get to the rim. And another thing is 
Mitchell was on the floor. There was a lot of people who didn't think that Jalen can get to the rim with Mitchell on the floor. And we saw that, you know, if you watch Jalen play, Dallas doesn't always have shooters on the floor. They have power on the floor a lot, and he's not he's not shooting the ball you know, all the time. There were, there were people in the, in the paint a good bit, enough to say Jalen Rose can, Jalen Rose, Jalen Brunson can make plays in the paint with a big man around. Enough to me. And you saw that a little bit tonight or last game. Um, so you had to like what you saw from that offense. You had to. From the offense or from the team. You know, a lot of the things they did last year, meandering around the half court, not cutting hard, not setting good screens, not running to the screens, not running the plays with any kind of crispness. You saw that. Last night, you didn't see that last night. And I think Brunson was a big part of that. You know, they play with pace. It's, it's been an emphasis every year I've been alive to play with pace in New York. And most teams don't do it. And sometimes that's the player, sometimes it's the coaches. But it always starts with the outlet pass on the rebound. That's how it starts. You know, if, if that ball is advanced, whether it be the first pass or the second pass, advanced with some kind of purpose, with some kind of intention, then you're going to have a little bit more pace. And the Knicks didn't hesitate when they had some open shots. They put them up. Last year, they were kind of hesitant shooters across the board. If the guys are running at them, they would pull a shot down um, a little bit too much across the board. And I think you saw that quite as much last night. And, and again, having Jalen come out right away and set that tone, I think, was very important. R.J. Barrett had a decent game last night. I didn't like everything I saw from him. He still picks the dribble up too soon. He still, you know, kind of has these flailing shots at the rim. Um, and he had, but he had a good game. It was a fishing game. And a fishing game, 8 of 14, I believe he was. Um, you know, he got to his 20-point mark which is seemingly so important to him. Uh, but efficiency is what's really important for him. And he was efficient at least, but you know, you want to see, you want to see a little growth in, in his ability to, to get to the rim and get good shots there. Um, only got to the free throw line once, I believe. Made his two free throws. Obviously, it's something that he wants to improve on. RJ works hard. You just want to make sure that uh, he practices the right things. You know, Julius Randle works hard too. You want to make sure he's practicing, practicing the right things. Because if he's just practicing shooting mid-range jump shots in people's faces all day, that's not exactly what we're looking for. And he started the game off doing that. Got Bogdanovich on a mismatch. Instead of taking him to the rim, he, he took some, you know, flailing mid-range jumper. It's silly, silly. But he had a decent game as well. But, you know, you want to, you don't want to see those bad habits anymore. You want to see him take guys, get a mismatch, take guys to the rim. You know, figure it out. I know Mitchell's around a lot. Mitchell's man is around a lot. But you got to be an NBA player. He's not the only player in the league who's in the paint a lot. You got to make something happen. You got to, you have to work it out. You don't just stop going to the basket because there's a center there. You figure it out. Coaching staff, you, everything. That's part of being an NBA player. Figure it out. Because what we're not going to do is we're not going to watch Julius Randle shoot mid-range jumpers at 42% the entire season. 
he's not a selfish player. I don't want to. I don't want to feed that narrative. He's an unselfish player. He passes the ball a lot. You know, he sets screens for Fournier. Uh, they have a nice little combo there. Um, you and I think he played a a decent game all around last night. You just again, uh, you want to make sure that he's not doing falling into bad habits. He needs to be in the paint more, and he was last night. I saw you. He was on offensive boards a couple times. Uh, he got he got to the front of the rim a couple times. You want to make that a priority. And I got to tell you something. Hardenstein, another acquisition. He's gonna play. You know, some people don't think Hardenstein's gonna play. You want to play Randall and Toppin together. Listen, Hardenstein's gonna play, man. He's shooting the ball, and I tell you nothing. Randall has to play with Hardenstein. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do it. You have to have Randall play the whole first quarter. You know, however you got to do it, he has to play with him. He, it's the first time he's had a center who can hit a jump shot and spread the floor and get out of the paint. You can't have Randall out. He's one of the best paint players on the team without question. One of the best paint players in the league, quietly. He just doesn't do it anymore. And most of the reason he doesn't do it, and I'm not saying it's a good reason, most of the reason he doesn't do it is because Mitchell's there. And if Mitchell's not there, Nerlens was there. He has a center now who can hit the jump shot. Got to play them together. Get Randall going. I know he's not the only one that wants to take advantage of that open space at the rim, but... You know, get five minutes out of him every night. In the in the first half, actually ten minutes. Get that four or five minutes in the first in both halves out with him and Hardenstein. Get 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 that lineup on the floor. He's gonna be. He's going to eat. Or Hardenstein's gonna eat. Randall will kick that ball out. And Hardenstein can either knock that shot down or make the next pass. But he looked good. And I tell you what, you know Hartenstein is a playmaker, so it's probably in your best interest to let him make a play or two. Get him in the high post. You know, have him have him do some dribble handoffs, have some back cuts, do something. You know, listen, don't just have him running from side to side trying to set screens for for guys. It can't be the only thing he does. Okay? But two for three from, from three point land last night. Got on the boards. Yeah, I think he had two steals. And uh, he's gonna play. Mitchell. Mitchell has been a star in camp. Mitchell's gonna play, obviously. But Mitchell is not a guy who necessarily is gonna play 38 minutes anyway. So having Harden and then Mitchell gets hurt a lot. But having Harden seen out there, it, it just adds such a different dimension to the Nick offense. And I think Randall would benefit from it the most because I think he's the one who struggles the most. With the lack of spacing. You know, Fournier. Listen, Fournier, much maligned. Grimes is hurt, so it wasn't a big deal. I think Fournier, because he makes that money, people are blinded by the fact that he has that contract. It's not the worst contract in the world, but the Knicks couldn't move it in the offseason. Shooters get paid, and he's a versatile shooter. The problem is when you don't have vers- when you don't have your foundational talent, all due respect to RJ and Randall. When you don't have your foundational superstar, top player in the league talent, 
You can't afford to give guys like Fournier $18 million a year, $17 million a year. Can't do You can't do it. You got to find Matt Struess. You can't you can't sign Fournier to that money because you know to me even though Fournier probably would have been moved in the Donovan Mitchell trade you do have to have some contracts on the roster so that you can make trades but you don't want you know he got three years guaranteed if you can get a two year guaranteed on out of it okay fine but you don't want to have guys like that making that money with the expectations that come with it. If you had two superstars on your roster and you signed Fournier, then it would be like, okay, Fournier, make your shots, and then that's the end of it. But when you don't have, when you have super, you have guys who are like borderline all stars or non all stars, and and they're not always uh, coming through. You can't have a guy like Fournier making eighteen million dollars a year because everybody expects Fournier to pick up the slack, and that's not what's gonna happen. He's not that. He's not that guy, and he's not given those opportunities by the team by the coaching staff either. So what Fournier is being asked to do a little bit to some degree, because he was only in the game, wasn't in the game very long. What he's being asked to do, he's doing. When the ball finds him, he needs to be aggressive. He didn't start the season off last year that way. When the ball finds him, he has to be aggressive. And you see, and what you saw last night is you saw Randall, when the ball found Fournier and he was around, he went right to setting the screen for him. No hesitation. And when Fournier got the ball, Fournier is a, is a, is a hand-down, man-down shooter. You sleep, you sleep on him when he catches the ball, he's going to put it up. And that's what he has to do. And there's going to be nights where he doesn't get those opportunities. And there are going to be nights when he does. And that's the way it's going to be. And the fact that he makes $18 million a year is not going to change that. And there's going to be a lot of nights where he starts the game, assuming that he does start. And he doesn't play until the third quarter. And he's going to be pissed off about it. But there's going to be a lot of nights like that. Because there are a lot of players at the position he's going to play. Guard forward. A lot of players there. Grimes is going to play. Quickly is going to end up playing both guard positions. If he plays well, he's going to play both guard positions. Rose is going to play both guard positions. Probably more so two. Um, two than, than one. But he's going to be on the floor. Those are two guys that, that the Knicks want to play. Throw Grimes in there. Those are three guys who the Knicks want to play at the shooting guard position, guard forward position, and you know you got to throw RJ in there who's going to be looking to play 30, 35 minutes a night. I'm telling you, if unless these guys are not playing well, Fournier is not going to be playing much. I don't know why everyone's getting all bent out of shape about him starting. But when he's in the game, he has one job to do, and that's shoot the ball. Um, and make plays when that ball finds him on the weak side. That's what his job is. It doesn't matter if he makes $18 million a year to do that at this point. That's what you need out of him in this season. That's what you need. And if he get, and if he does that, he's doing his job. The bonus is him being decent defensively. And I think he ended the season well last year. I shouldn't say well, but he ended the season better defensively than I think most people give him credit for. He made a lot of plays down the stretch of games when they were trying to target him. Not a good defensive player, but he can he can he can grind and get physical and get his hands on the ball and and not be a sieve all the time. But he is not the most attentive defender throughout the game. 
He's not the only one. But that's, again, he's here. He might get moved. But Rose is here. Quickly is here. Grimes is here. These guys are going to play. I mean, I'm not going to mention Cam because, you know, Cam doesn't really have a spot right now. But these guys are going to play. And they're going to play his spot. So I don't know why anybody's getting all bent out of shape about it. I think what you want from him, he's probably going to give you. Because he, he gave it to you last year even though he um, didn't have a good season. He still shot 40% from three. And he's a versatile shooter. And that's a weapon. You know, so you need to see him as a weapon, see him for what he is, and understand he's just not going to get that many shots. He's not going to get that many opportunities. Brunson, Rose, RJ, Randall, these guys are going to get shots up. Grimes, he's going to get shots up. Grimes is an aggressive shooter. So you didn't see much out of Fournier last night, but I did like little I did see. I liked his aggressiveness. He wasn't apprehensive. He wasn't hesitant. You know? Another thing I liked last night was seeing them at least looking Mitchell Robinson's way when he had a mismatch. They didn't get the ball to him very well. One time the guy told him they got three seconds. He got three seconds. But they were at least looking at him because it, it was such a disaster last year seeing guys have mismatches and not getting the ball. And Mitchell was a guy who got looked off the most. And he high point the ball and get, get him the ball when he has a mismatch. Stop. You really... You got guys like Quickly who can't blow by anybody. And I'm not shading Quickly. He does other things well. But he can't blow by anybody. You don't want him mismatched with a big man and telling yourself that he's going to blow by him and get a layup. He's, he's literally done it two times, I think, all his entire career. You got, you got Mitchell Robinson out there with a little guard on him. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. Stop it. There's probably a 70% chance he's either going to score or get to the line. And he's not a great free throw shooter, but you still do it. You don't just not do it. And they were really bad for a team that wasn't very good offensively last year. They were terrible at exploring mismatches at the center position with Mitchell Robinson. It's really just about Mitchell. Nerlens didn't really play. Taj. Taj. Gibson last year was was very effective in the paint. Um, and Mitchell has to get better at fighting for position and all that kind of stuff too. But they at least looked his way last last uh, game, this first game, preseason game. I think that's a good sign because that was, to me, it was a fatal flaw in the season last year offensively. Opie Toppin, I'll tell you what, I didn't. His stat line doesn't look too bad. You know, three assists, I think six rebounds. Didn't hit a three. Obi Toppin's fatal flaw is that he's an excitable player and he needs to calm down. He needs to find uh, a groove where he plays with intensity, he plays with energy, but knows how to calm himself down offensively. He took a lot of wild shots last night. Didn't make him. His shooting form uh, loses its. Um, he loses his technique when he gets too excited. Starts rushing. You know he's heard all the whispers. He wants to come out. He wants to show something. He wants to prove something. We get it. I get it. You know. 
but he's not going to play if he plays like that. He's not going to play much if he plays like he played last night. You can forget about him splitting time with Randall. You can forget about him playing with Randall. He didn't play terribly, but he didn't play well enough to be talking about sitting Randall. And that's what and that's how he has to play. And frankly, that's how he has to play to justify the Donovan Mitchell non-trade. And the same thing with quickly. You have to be effective out there. No meandering and around meandering around. I've used that word like fifty times on this show, but I hate it. And that second unit, even though they, you know, expanded the lead, I think, I think, actually, I think quickly was only a plus two last night. But, you know, you got to get in, you know, don't get into, you got to get into the weeds a little bit with plus minus. But he has to, he, he cannot come out. He plays with pace and transition and secondary transition, but you cannot, you literally cannot be in the half court after the, the starters played with so much crispness. You cannot come out and have the second unit meandering around. He is not the guy that should have the ball in his hands for 15 seconds of the shot clock when Derrick Rose is on the floor. And Derrick Rose only played five minutes, and he looked good when he was out there. But if you don't know what Derrick Rose can do for this team, we'll wait until he hasn't played in a long time. hasn't played in almost a year. Got hurt in December last year. Um, Derrick Rose should have that ball in his hands if you're going to be running screen and roll back and forth two or three times. Derrick Rose should be doing that. He's a dynamic offensive player. Don't have quickly doing it. He can't blow by people. Have quickly run that screen once or twice, move the ball, and now he's off the ball. And he can be effective that way. He can attack hard closeouts. He can knock down a jumper you know, ideally struggled with that last year. All right. But I think with quickly, and this is why you want to make sure guys worked on their bad habits. I think quickly is more effective. The more he has the ball in his hands, he gets into a rhythm. He becomes a better player. But in, so in doing that, you have to kind of wait until he gets into that rhythm and you're losing efficiency in your possessions when he's doing that. You had Derrick Rose on the floor with him. Derrick Rose is the dynamic player. He is the guy whose ball, who the ball should be finding in that second unit right now. If you're trying to win. Now, if you're just trying to develop players, okay, Derrick, sit on the side, sit on the side, wait for the ball, one a weak side, kind of like Fournier. But you gotta find Rose in transition. You gotta find him in secondary transition. You got you have to have the ball in his hands. Every everybody knows who watched the Knicks two years ago when they went to the playoffs what Derrick Rose meant to that team. That team was kind of floating around five hundred. Derrick Rose showed up, and all of a sudden they start rattling off wins, end up with the fourth seed. Derrick Rose changed how that team functioned on offense. He became an unstoppable force in transition. In the half court. It was a guy they can go to to create shots. Get into the paint. Collapse defenses. And pick up the pace. And quickly as a pace guy too. So when they played together. You know it was a good combination that first year. 
Now, the second unit last year played well. So, you know, again, I'm not piling on quickly. I'm not down on quickly. You know, he will play with pace. He does get OB involved. They, those two play together, play well together. But you, can, you cannot be in that half court just watching quickly dribble around in circles on those screens. He's got to... He's got to be more effective if he's going to have the ball in his hands that often, especially when you have a Grimes on the floor and a Rose on the floor and maybe a Reddish on the floor. So, and that, that going back to Toppin, there, was, there were stretches in the game where Toppin wasn't seeing the ball. And that's once again... That's not that's not why you're there. That's not why you're there. Toppin is not don't have Obi Toppin on the floor and he's not touching the ball and quickly just dribbling around in circles. If you want Toppin to show what he can do, he got to, he has got to get the ball. You have to you have to make sure the ball finds him. You can't go possession after possession and not find these guys who you really want to hold on to. And not trade for Donovan Mitchell. A trade that I'm perfectly okay with the thinking behind not doing it. But what goes with that is not just accentuating Grimes, which is what they're planning on doing when he gets back. But also making sure Toppin gets opportunities that are best for him. And not just have him out there and hoping the ball finds him. You can't do that. Not if he's that guy for you. You want to see what you have. Let him touch the ball and make plays. Let him touch the ball. Give him some opportunities. So, you know, that's that's those are the kind of the bad things from that first game. Nothing nothing too terrible in the blowout. You know, but you do want to see this next game. It doesn't look like Cam Reddish is gonna play. It doesn't look like Grimes is gonna play. Um, uh, and obviously they're not going to run Rose into the ground and Fournier into the ground. So you should see a lot of Obi Toppin. You should see a lot of Hardenstein. I don't know which way I want to go with it. Stein or Steen, we're going to have to get to the bottom of which way he likes it. Um, I think it's Stein. Let's, let's go with Stein, Hardenstein. Uh, but we're going to see we're going to see a little bit more of Obi and quickly. These guys are on social media. They, they've seen the criticism. There's been a lot of criticism of quickly off that game because everybody's going to overreact. And obviously, there's going to be criticism of, of OB2. He's not earned. He's not, as of that game, he's not earned any more time than he had last year. And if those two guys don't step up and play better than they did last year, again, preseason, I get it. But if they don't show you know, a very clear improvement, then not making that deal is going to start looking worse and worse. If they just start looking like regular old guys out there that are replaceable by 30 guys in the league or more, I'm telling you, it's going to it's gonna be egg on the face. And the team is not going to, obviously the team is not going to be nearly as effective if those guys aren't effective. But that's the first preseason game in the books. First preseason game in the books. The, well, the one one thing I want to say, you know, the Knicks defense looked pretty good, but Detroit, even though they have a guy, you know, uh, 
they have guys who can stretch the floor and Isaiah Stewart at the center position. Their spacing was very, very poor, which allowed uh, Mitchell to, to make a mess in the paint for them. He had three blocks in the game, very short minutes. So if Detroit's offensive philosophy is going to have that poor a spacing, even though they have a space, spacing center now in Stewart who can knock that shot down, that's a bad look for them. You know, with a guy like Ivy who can get to the ball, who looked very good last night. And Cade. And Cade tried to eat up Brunson now. That's the con to Brunson is his size, right? But he tried to eat up Brunson and Brunson's physicality. Brunson's not, he's short, but he's not small. And he was able to be a little physical with these guys who were trying to bully him. Cade, obviously, one of the bigger point guards in the league. He was on him. He was on him. And that's the criticism. That's the thing that everyone wants to see going in is can Brunson guard at that position at his size? And obviously you want to have length and size at that position, but you can't have everything. And he definitely made those guys work when they tried to go at him. He made them work. And if he's going to do that, he's going to be fine. You can't have everything. He's going to have pros and cons. I don't think his cons, that not every point guard in the Eastern Conference can guard people. Okay? So let, let's not make it a big, big deal. But if he's going to fight and compete, especially against a guy who's really that much bigger than him, that's, you know, that's all you can ask for if you're the Knicks. You know, but Detroit, you know, I think Detroit has the talent to be, you know, obviously better than they were last year and to, you know, make trouble for a lot of people. But if their offense is going to be that poorly spaced, again, it's a preseason, but it seemed like it was very congested in the paint, which may have given the impression the Knicks defense was better than it actually was because Ivy was at the front of the rim a lot. You know, Killian Hayes. The guy who has to make his mark in his league at, at some point, he's going to be out of the league. He went at McBride, who we should probably talk about a little bit more uh, next show. But I know he's not going to play. So to be honest with you, as 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 much of a defensive talent as he is, he's not going to play. But, but he's not going to play more than spot minutes. Um, but he, he definitely deserves an honorable mention for that defensive effort where he had six steals and just made a mess of the offense. And all around... The Knicks, they they were digging on, they were digging at drivers in the paint and hedging and recovering very well. Last year, they would hedge and be always be late recovering. When you hedge and you dig, as soon as that ball handler hesitates on your hedge, you got to be getting back to your man. They were good with that last night. You saw a lot of that last night. Uh, if they if they are able to do that consistently this season, they will win more games. That's something that they were poor at last year. That alone could net them because they had some close games last year. That alone might net them a, a win or two along with, um, obviously, if the offense is more efficient. Obviously, with Brunson there, you'd hope that he was good or is good for a couple more wins. Obviously, you're going to have to get into what your competition is this year in the Eastern Conference. But another positive from last night, 
positive slash negative is Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish got hurt. He was in the game for like two seconds. He looked good. He had energy and effort. You know, he contributed to the pace with that unit. And that's good for a guy who has the athleticism he has. He's likely not going to play, you know, especially getting hurt in the preseason. It was a bad look for him. And it's unfortunate. Unfortunate for him. There's still, I mean, even though I'm not one who thinks Cam Reddish is baby Jesus out here, but I still, I do think, you know, he deserves an opportunity. He has to earn it, obviously, but he deserves an opportunity to at least show what he can do coming off another offseason with the franchise, having a training camp, getting coached up. You, you want to see him have a chance and... I just don't think he's gonna get it, unless there's some kind of trade. I just don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna get it. There's no room for him to play. But that's the preseason game one wrap up. Got another game against the Pacers, I believe. Friday night. We'll be right back to it. We'll break that game down much the same way. See if anybody has gotten better or see if anybody's gotten worse. But I think more than anything else, you got to come out of these games healthy. Get yourself, give yourself a chance to do something. You don't want to start off with a Brunson injury or a Randall injury or something like that. So, and that goes for you know everyone across the league. You know, prayers up for a guy like Carl Anthony Towns who has some kind of mystery illness that hasn't been reported on um, uh, very much. He hasn't told anyone what it what it was. It seems like it was a uh, you know might have been kind of serious. So prayers up to him and prayers up to all the other players. Come out of these games healthy. Good luck for the season. But we'll be back to it. Sports Ethos Knicks podcast follow. At Sports Ethos on Twitter and SportsEthos.com. This is the Knicks Sports Ethos Podcast. We'll be back at you next time.